BSBOT, some number, Gregory and I recording immediately, minutes after Adam Fox's amazing block will probably be going down in the forgotten history of the New York Rangers as happy birthday, Alexander Georgiev, as his name is correctly pronounced, as he cannot stop a breakaway for his life, and the Rangers fall to Brad Marchand and the Bruins, 3-2. to two. Gregory, how are you? I... That play by Fox, unbelievable! The first like ten minutes of this podcast. Can we just let's let's talk about it, Fox? Because I don't think Pierre did enough. Oh, he did. He did talk about him enough. <laughs> the funny thing is, I understand how annoying Pierre is. Yes, but this is one of those things where, if we're serious about Adam Fox needing to get more attention for Team USA in 2022, like Pierre is kind of your your go to uh, enemy. In- enemy of your enemy is your friend. Yeah. He's kind of the guy you need to help lead this barrage because for whatever fucking reason, Ryan, people listen to Pierre Maguire. Not not the people like Can us. Can I tell you, listening to him is painful. 200 hockey. It man. was hard. Him calling it's, it's, the goal that was not a goal. A goal immediately is like, oh, that's a clear goal. Like, uh, no, it's not. And then the entire time he's like, hey, <laughs> my favorite part of the whole night, I tweeted this too. It was like, hey, uh, uh, Pierre, what do you think about scoring uh, your first NHL goal in an empty Stadium. Pierre goes, oh, absolutely amazing. Amazing, isn't it? <laughs> and Kenny Albert's like, what? Like, <laughs> just stunned that Pierre is answering these ridiculous questions with, like, it was like he got caught texting on his phone. Like, and he wasn't actually paying attention to the conversation at all. Brutal night for Pierre, up and down, except for the constant phrasing of uh, of our, our second Lord and Savior, Adam Fox himself. Unbelievable. He's... That I, I'm not going to get over that play. It the game should have ended within the first 15 seconds of overtime because Marshan undressed Georgiev on his birthday. Really put him in his birthday suit not hey. once but twice. Uh, but Fox, I I don't even know how you have the wherewithal to make that play from his positioning. And then I I that was one of those plays where after it happens, you just assume the Rangers are going to win because that kind of play just it it's bonkers. It's it's at, we say this every week, and I know it, it gets nauseating. It really reminds me of when we were doing the '94 rewatch. I know what you're about to every, say. After every game, we're like, "My God, Brian Leach is so much better than people remember. This is unbelievable. They need to go back and watch Brian Leach." I understand we're getting to that level with how much heap of praise we throw towards Adam Fox on a daily basis, but I, it, it's it's a Degrom level of brilliance that we're seeing from him. I don't know what a bad game is going to look like for Adam Fox. Adam Fox I don't said think it, it's possible. He's had two I, I two only plays I can think of in my mind's eye currently that you can grade as negative this year. And even then, it's like the Barzal steal and like one other play where he got like passed for Everly. Other than that, I can't think of anything Adam Fox has done negative. And I've watched him very intently the entire season. He has been the biggest positive takeaway for the New York Rangers. And you even heard Pierre say tonight, unfortunately, he said, hey, how's he going to look on Team USA next to Charlie McAvoy? And uh, that was exactly the pitch that Adam Fox needed to get into those conversations, I guess. <laughs> Is that really what it, it takes? He's that good. I don't know. I don't know. Pierre sucks. But just <laughs> just very, very, a very overall solid game from Adam Fox. A very overall solid game from Keandre Miller, yet again, who continues to be uh, just incredible for how many games he is into his career at this point. Truba obviously has the mistake that leads to a goal, kind of slips. And then the the big story of the night, 
I think you'll agree with me here, other than Adam Fox just being incredible, is Kevin, I mean, uh, not Kevin Rooney, uh, is Panarin being hurt? <laughs> I mean, the big story of this game is Kevin Rooney continuing to be Kevin Rooney. Just I, unbelievable point I'm per game bad, player. I, I bat a thousand, Ryan. When I, when I hitch my wagon to someone, it You're just, pretty good at it. for whatever reason, it happens. Yep. Uh, I also, I understand that Jacob Truba is just a lightning rod at this point. He has not he been He might bad. not live up. But that, he, he lost an edge. It happens. I thought the entire, considering the Rangers were playing the Boston Bruins, I thought the top four for the entire 60 minutes was phenomenal. I, I don't think there was much more you could have asked them to do against a team that is not just on paper, but in practice, just flat out better than the New York Rangers. And, and it's not, I think it's important that's not an say, insult to the Rangers, by the way. I think it's like, important you say this, Craig. The best yeah. team in the NHL. That's it. Yes, I would say that. The best team I, I in the NHL. The lightning yeah, play, I, the I lightning play what, in a division that is not nearly as competitive as with the Bruins play. Period. End of story. I would say the same thing about the Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs are going to have a lot of games against the Senators and the Canucks, and I think that's going to inflate everything that they do. The, the Oilers are also very hit or miss. The Flames are going through a very difficult time. I, I think the Maple Leafs, their record this year is 110% going to be just inflated by playing in a pretty weak division. I think the Bruins are in a class by themselves and they're not even a hundred percent right now. So it's, it's just, I, the Rangers could have won this game if Tuka Rast didn't stand on his head. I don't know what else make his advantage. needs to do. It has to be mental at this point. <laughs> like, the power it, of Rick Nash bestowed inside of him. Just can't. You need to stop slandering Rick Nash. <laughs> no. All right? I will every not. time, you know what? Henceforth, Ryan, every time you bring up Keandre Miller, yes. I'm going to say the following phrase. Okay. You know, he was, the, he was what the Rangers did with their first-round draft pick they got for Rick Nash. And not only that, they traded up to get him. So there you go. And they also got Ryan Lindgren in that deal. Their entire half of their top four is thanks to Rick Nash. I, oh, and they also got the draft pick they used to take Pavel Buchnevich in the Rick Nash trade. I, listen, Stop slandering Rick I, Nash. Yeah, that's the best thing you ever did for the Rangers. That's all I'll say. Oh, eat a dick. <laughs> eat a dick. But before, we, we have to talk Mika. We have yeah. to talk Strom. Panarin I want to talk Rooney. But I just, the Panarin injury, we don't know what it is. It, it's at least encouraging that he, one, played a couple shifts after he suffered the injury at the beginning of the third. And then two, he was seemingly trying not to crap himself enough and then to take the power play. Was punching Brad well. Marchand in the in the head as he got tackled by a very dirty player that Brad Marchand is. Yes. Oh, I thought Buchnevich was going to kill him. I, 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 I wish he did. Buchnevich is the goofiest guy in the entire NHL, except when you put Brad Marchand. Like, he sees Brad Marchand the way I see Chase Utley. It's, it's the exact same thing. I thought, I was hoping he would just drop clubs right there. Just go straight up to him. At that point, I wouldn't have minded at all just get i know it's a tie game you gotta just take care of business booch finish it off get it done with uh panarin looked gingerly for the last since the injury i don't know exactly what it was they were bragging pierre kept bragging about how they did such a great job monitoring his injury but I, they didn't really ever say what it was i don't know if it was, a, what it was i don't know if it was like a knee to knee or like what exactly happened to him looked like he just tweaked something it was encouraging like you said that he was out there for a couple different plays I am not saying he's not. I, I think he might miss the Friday game. Maybe it's better to sit him in the Friday game versus the Bruins because as of right now, the Sunday Valentine's Day game versus the Flyers at 6 p.m. has been canceled or postponed for the New York Rangers, their second postponed game of the season uh, due to uh, COVID. And uh, that's going to be a nice nice bit of time there and a nice chunk of time for our time at Panarin to heal up. So maybe it's just better you sit him on Friday versus the Bruins again I think you said it best earlier in the night on Twitter. 
I didn't expect the New York Rangers to look as good as they did versus the best team in the league, versus the one of the deepest team in the league. And they held their own. They played them tough. They took it into overtime. And if it wasn't for Tuka Rask playing out of his absolute mind and then actually losing his mind at the end of the game, uh, trying to go to the bench, the Rangers would have won this game. There were plenty of opportunities for them to, to score. Mika couldn't score. Kaka was getting double shifted. Lafreniere even had some chances. Everybody had shots. Everybody did it. And the only people that could actually do it was Kevin Rooney. So there you go. Yeah, it's there are no moral victories, right? I, we're not going to be the guys who sit here and say, well, you have to take away some of the positive, blah, blah, blah. You, if, if you want to view a loss as a loss, the Rangers only got one of the available two points. They're very much falling behind in a division that still seems super competitive. Of course, uh, three-eighths of the division now has coronavirus and isn't playing hockey. So I guess maybe advantage Rangers in that aspect. Um, But listen, guys, before this game started, going into this game, if you were to tell me that the New York Rangers were going to be tied at two at the end of three, and it wasn't going to be like an oopsie-daisy tied at two, it was going to be a well-earned point, a competitive point, I think you take that every day of the week. Oh, yeah. Again, you have to you have to think of the opponent that the Rangers are playing. Is it frustrating that the Rangers couldn't finish the job just like it was frustrating they couldn't finish the job against the Penguins? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's still the Boston Bruins. My the thing I said earlier was the Rangers don't get embarrassed challenge. They did not get embarrassed. No, Listen, they, George, they, they, George, they went they toe to toe with the best team in the hockey. I think if I think if Igor's in there, they might even win. Seriously. I know Igor's been playing out of his mind, and he, I think Igor could stop, stop the breakaways that Georgie couldn't stop. But, hey, Marchand, there's a reason why he's so good. I hate the guy. He's he's that good. Sidney Crosby, who scored on Georgie in the in the after uh, and before the Tony D'Angelo saga, he's that good, too. So, there's Georgiev is what we thought he was. He's a backup goaltender who has some serious, glaring weaknesses that you and I are very aware of. And from there, it's just... The New York Rangers did everything else they could to have him win that game. I really, I really don't know what else you want on your birthday as Georgiev. You got everything. You needed to stop two, two breakaways. You couldn't. That's the game. It's that simple. The Rangers played unbelievable defense. They came out swarming. They were in control of the puck through the whole first period. Also, NBC, what the hell, man? During the, the, during the uh, intermission, they were like, oh, thanks for staying with us through that first period. It was so boring. I was like, what? No, that first period was Dude. awesome. I lose my mind with NBC. That's the only, it, their hockey coverage doesn't make any sense. It's what? just boring. I, we make fun of MSG. We make fun of MSG a lot, right? Yeah, because it, we do. it's a little too over the top in Homer. But NBC cuts to their intermission report, and the first thing they say is, "This game sucks." Yeah, it's the like guy said they're I, asking you to turn the TV off. My man, the guy said I was like, "Hey, I was falling asleep during that first period." You were falling asleep in a first period where there were constant battles between two amazing teams playing at their absolute best, preventing each other at every move and turn from doing exactly what they were trying to do. That's boring to you. You wanted what? You wanted to go watch the Oilers and, and Toronto Maple Leafs score eight goals on each other again? Man, like... No, well, they it, it in the second intermission, it, it became very clear that at least Patrick Sharp would have just rather watch Maple Leafs Canadians instead of the Ranger game. It's just... It, it it's this isn't hard, right? This really isn't hard. As someone who works in news, not only do I have to produce a thoughtful and intelligent newscast, which I do to limited success, I would say, uh, the other part of your job is to make sure your viewer keeps watching. You always have to tease ahead. 
You always have to give them a reason to not change the channel. NBC, NBCSN cuts to that booth, and within three minutes, the intermission show says, this game sucks, you should find something else to do. That's what they're saying That's, at intermission. What are so you doing? Absolutely it, crazy. Who are, you, who are you benefiting? Even if the game is boring, it's your job to tell people not to change the channel. What? That is the, but the game, it's that's not. That's step right. That is the first principle of their job. We're not watching the Detroit simple. Red Wings here, my man. It's not, that's not what's happening. We're not watching an AHL team. It's not, it's not, I don't even know who's in the Red Wings division at this point because I don't pay attention to them. But I, I, what was it? I was, oh, it's not Red Wings, Blackhawks. We're not watching that. It's the best team in the league versus the New York Rangers who have the number one and number two overall pick for the last Two years, along with Artebi Panarin, and they have great goaltending on both sides. What are we doing? You couldn't think of right. anything better to talk about? It's boring. It's a snooze fest. Then sell off NHL. Oh, you are? Jesus Christ. Right. Imagine imagine for a second a Saturday afternoon Fox baseball broadcast where it's in the fourth inning, it's no score, and one of the pitchers is working on a no-hitter. And Joe Buck just goes, this game blows. Wouldn't you rather be doing anything else? Like, that, like just imagine the scenario Holy in which Joe Buck is telling you to be like, hey, I hear they're running reruns of King of the Hill on Hulu right now. Maybe yeah. you guys should try tuning into that because this game, total snooze fest. It's just, it's, it, it blows the mind. It really does. NBCSN has already announced that they don't want hockey back. They're making it very clear that they don't want hockey back because look, all I'm saying is also, this is a Bruins Rangers game. You're telling me Dom Moore is not available for a Bruins Rangers. I was just about to make this point. I'm so glad you did. You couldn't get, you couldn't get Ryan Callahan and Dom Moore in the studio for this. I know. What are we doing? What are we Uh, doing? Patrick Sharp, I get it. He's a good-looking dude. Everybody likes to make the McDreamy references with him. And he's very smart. He's an intelligent guy. I don't know how you have a Bruins-Rangers game and you're not getting your ex-Ranger and Bruin on the show. What's going on? What are we doing here? How is this happening? All right. Let's let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk of the rest of the game because there's still a lot more to break down, including Ryan Strom himself. Str- I got jokes. Strom wasn't built in a day, my friend. All right, let's uh, let's transition to a break. Transition, and we're back. All right, uh, I promised the listeners when we come back, we talk about Ryan Strom. It's almost impossible at this point, right? It's 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 harder to keep the jokes going because there's almost a level to where Ryan Strom is playing almost well, like he's so close to being good constantly. And then at the last second, it just becomes a total clusterfuck and an entire just dis- dismantle of whatever he's doing. He just he just totally breaks down like he's a, mis- a misfunctioning computer. I don't understand. It's truly baffling. It's it's the exact opposite of Mika Zibanejad because with Zibanejad tonight, that is just being snake bitten. I don't know what else you could have asked Mika Zibanejad to do. Tukarask stood on his head twice. To prevent Mika, Ra- Mika Zibanejad from Dude, the glove save is unbelievable. The, gloves- the, glove, the glove save was unbelievable, and the breakaway stop that Rask had on Mika. Like, at some point, you just have to shrug and be like, this is, this is just mean and unfair. But with Strom, it's a different kind of – it's a comedy. Where, like, Zibanejad is a tragedy. Strom is a legit comedy. I don't know – 
for the slashing penalty, pretty egregious. And then he's on a breakaway by himself. <laughs> and he tells himself, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to wait. We'll see what happens here. Maybe, maybe Strom was trying to play 7D chess and the, def- the defenders would be like, well, there's no fucking way he's just going to stop. Something must have already happened. Like maybe he was trying to confuse them in that regard. But then not being able to finish on the doorstep against Rask and then getting his third empty net opportunity in three games, hitting the crossbar and celebrating as if it went in. I, the guy is just, it's, it's comedy. It, at this it's point. pure, it's, it's pure high comedy. It's, it's, it's hard to watch it without just kind of like laughing and giggling a little bit. It's like, Oh man, Ryan, what are you doing? What are you doing out there? Little bud said, I just, I, I took screenshots of it because it made me chuckle when I, when he went to the box, I tweeted at eight twenty five PM saying I the strong jokes are writing them themselves. LOL. Yeah. That was at eight twenty five. At 8.28 is when he just decided to stop on the breakaway and pass it to a Bruin. It was three minutes apart. Three minutes, Ryan. I couldn't go three minutes in between Ryan Strom jokes. And I, I don't want people to think, like, this is us going out of our way to make fun of him. He's going out of his way to give us material. Oh, yeah. Big time. He's been, he's been a, a monster out there just creating the content for us. From our uh, breaking news from our good friend, uh, Vince Mercogliano, who we were just on his show on New Ice City. You can check that out now. A uh, little bit of a lower body injury for Panarin. DQ says they've decided to give him a chance out there on the power play. Seemed to come out okay of it. Uh, we'll see if he's day-to-day or not. His practice continues here. So there you go. That's, that's I mean, where Panarin no way is. He's, gonna, he's not practicing tomorrow. No, right? like, there's no way. Just, there's just no chance. Zero percent chance. Uh, I think it'll be a game-time decision on Friday. I don't think they will play him, and then they will play him next week. I believe their next game would be Tuesday now after the uh, flyer game cancellation. I will double check that currently on my cellular device and I'm going and I'm still going great podcasting. Thank you for listening. We love your support. Yes. It's Tuesday versus the devils. Hmm. Hmm. Never. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Ah, good. So we're going to, uh, we're going to, well, we'll have, well, on Monday we'll have, uh, we'll have Friday's game to talk about at least uh, we think. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> I just, listen, man. Yeah. I, once Cuomo said it today during his a crazy. Uh, daily conference, the exact re- just it. I'm not here to tell anyone what to do. Yeah. It's not my business. Mm-hmm. It you don't need another dude that you listen to to tell you how to live your life. It's not. It, it's stupid if you want to go. I think it's very clear. But if you want to go, I, the words I'm saying aren't going to prevent you. No, from I, I'll, actually, I'll actually I'll go I'll go against you here. I think if you want to go, it's your decision. You live your own life the way you want. I'm not going to say it's stupid or not. Maybe you're vaccinated. Maybe you believe you're immune, all this stuff. You can go. The fact that Cuomo, I'm not, it's not up to the people at all. The fact that Cuomo came out and was like, hey, we should open this thing up early. By the way, we have vaccines and we, should, we, we could wait a month or two, but we want to get these businesses open. Like, I, I was like, that, now's the time. I don't understand what we're doing. And the prices are going to be insane. Season ticket holders are going to get the, you know, the first benefit of the doubt. I hope they do as safe as possible. I wish they would wait a month or two. It seems a little to me hasty to open up MSG. And if I was vaccinated, I would seriously consider going. I'm not vaccinated, but if I was, I get like, if you're a first responder out there and you're already vaccinated and all this stuff and you want to go to a Ranger game, God bless you. Please go. I hope you get, I hope you get tickets. I wish they would give you tickets to be honest with you, similar to what they did at the Super Bowl. But in this situation, like, like, 
you got to set the rules for the people. Como opened. That's what it is. Those are the rules. If, as long as people follow them, I'm okay with it. Would Do I think people should go? No, I really don't just yet. Maybe we wait a couple more months, we figure it out. But if you're vaccinated, you want to go, or you feel like you're going to be okay and you want to go, I have no problem with it. Just to open up all these stadiums when the end is in sight, when you have the vaccine, when the things are working, when the numbers are going down, that feels a little hasty to me. Yeah. I, again, it's there are three hockey teams in New York, and one of them can't play right now because of the coronavirus. And then the team that is in the closest vicinity to New York outside of this state, also isn't playing because of the coronavirus. I know. And then you just mentioned that the next time the Rangers, the the first opportunity the Rangers will have a chance to host fans is against a, te- a, a team right now that's not playing because of the coronavirus. No, so the, it's just like they'll, no, they'll, the first time with fans is uh, is the Bruins. Twenty sixth against the Flyers. No, it's the Bruins on the twenty third. Just just so you know. Are you sure the Rangers don't have a home game? I. I'll check right now. They they even mentioned it on the bo- the broadcast night, so I'm absolutely positive on this. Because the Knicks are, or maybe it's the 26th, it's the Bruins? The Nets are the 23rd. They have clearance to play on the 23rd. Got it. If they're hosting the Bruins, you're right, you're right at the date. We're, we're going to split the difference here. You were correct on the date, the 26th. They will be hosting the Bruins. Okay, fair enough. Split the difference. Half right, each split of us. Split the difference. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know. If it, it seems dumb. That's all I'm saying. I get it. I get it. I, I just, to open them quickly like this, when clearly, I think the end is, we see it. We know the results are coming. We need just a little more time. Uh, seems a little silly. But if you want to go, God bless you. Seriously. Go have a good time. Who am I to tell you? Uh, let's get back to the game real quick, and then we'll do the last couple minutes on this. Was there was there a particular play or player that kind of stood out to you that wasn't like Panarin or Strom for obvious reasons? Uh, besides Kevin Rooney, you're saying? I guess we could talk about Kevin Rooney. If you'd like to go on your Rooney, a uh, little bit of Rooney tunes right now and serenade us all. <laughs> Rooney tunes? How li- dare you? You like that one? I, how dare you? Uh, <laughs> I don't appreciate the tone in which you said that. Wow. Um, I'll watch my tone. I, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Shocker, by the way, that no one has interest in him. Well, that's not true. Bob McKenzie said, oh, there's interest that they're talking to Pat Brisson because he's a powerful agent. I just – I love the strategy that Bob laid out for NHL GMs of maybe our fans are stupid enough to forget that this guy's a prick. Maybe if we wait long <laughs> enough, people will just forget that he sucks. And then we'll be able to trade for him. He said he said the quiet part out loud. It was fantastic to hear. And it was just I hope it I hope it I hope it works. And I hope the Rangers get somehow a first round pick out of it. And I'll celebrate my little ass off. Back to Kevin Rooney. It's first of all, it started as a meme, but now it's the truth. It's real. He is the second best center on the Rangers. Currently. I I can't sit here and say for sure that Ryan Strome should be getting more minutes than Kevin Rooney. Yeah, I can't do it. Yeah, I, I, I can't do it either. But that's the thing. Well, Mika Zibanejad at least played a good game tonight, with the exception of being snake bitten. Oh no, I, Rooney should be. <laughs> I'm about to say a sentence I never thought in my entire life <laughs> yeah, that I would say. He should be the second line center, not the first. He should Relax, be the second Ryan. line center between Artemi Panarin and Capocacco. I kind of agree with it's you. It's irresponsible to Kako and Panarin at this point to have anybody but Kevin Rooney playing between them. Like, <laughs> dude, Kako looks good, by the way. That's a stupid thing to say. Kako, it was great. He looks awesome. I, I know he hasn't really scored or produced these points, and these people that are like, oh, he's not producing. He looks great. The forecheck, even some of the motor he had later in the game to, to go to the boards, to go fight for a puck, to, to dump a puck in and chase for it himself. There were some things that Kako was doing in this game that I'd never seen him do before. He has taken a step that I was not ready for. He, the points are going to come. 
I hope, I pray. The the play on the ice is totally different. He's totally, I just said totally twice. He's more defensively responsible than I expected him to be this year. He's creating. He's getting double shifted because he's being that good. It's If you're a Kako supporter like me out there, you are very happy with the early season returns for the Lord and Savior himself. Well, I think we need to take this time in the podcast to answer the question that has been burning in everyone's mind. So I think it's very clear that Keandre Miller is Kevin Nash. <laughs> I think that is one for one right there. Yeah. The question is which of Lafreniere and Kako is Scott Hall and which is I Cole think Cole? I think Kako is Scott Hall. I, I think so too. Because Scott you have to remember, you have to remember, guys, Scott Hall was the first one to come. Scott showed up first. He's the one that came on Monday Nitro and said, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. So Capo Kako arrived in New York first. Then he brought his buddy, Keandre, yep. and then they convinced Hulk Hogan. And that's Lafreniere. I, I agree Lafreniere with you. Shirts, shirts available now, BlizzardsBreakaway.com. Yeah. Lafreniere is the third man, right? Yep. He was the one that none of us expected. We didn't so expect him. to be Hulk Hogan. He didn't. And, and I thought Lafreniere played well tonight, too. He had a couple nice passes. He didn't get the opportunities he needed, but he played well. Again, guys, and this is so important, it's the Boston Bruins. This is not a team that's a joke. They're very serious. They're so good. They're going to be cup contenders, and they're probably one of the three favorite teams to win the cup right now, along with the Lightning and the Leafs. Maybe the Golden. Uh, I mean, uh, maybe the Golden Knights, right? I, they might be a, one of the pretenders, but that's like, that's it. And the Bruins are that good. They've lost one game in regulation. One. Super important to remember that. And this New York Ranger team, without Panarin for the most of the third period, without Philip Hedl, with a ice-cold Mika Zibanejad and skating. This, this is right. Let, make sure you're listening to me right now at home. Skating Libra Hayek and Anthony Potato on their third pair took the Boston Bruins to overtime and were two breakaway goals away from absolutely winning and dominating this thing. Hell, even Tuka Rask thought they were losing. He went to the bench. Uh, shout out Lieber Hayek, by the way. Did not notice that guy at all. Which awesome job. Perfect game. Awesome job. Sam, uh, <laughs> Sam would be like, hey, uh, Joe, doesn't Lieber look good out there? And Joe would be like, what are you talking about? I don't see him out there. He's like, Sam would be like, exactly, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ex- excuse me, that's Potato. Excuse me, that's uh, Potato. Potato, by the way, with some heavy body shots. Loved it. In the fight. I don't the think night. I've seen a body shot fight like that in hockey in a he, long but, time. You got a head, body, head. Head, body, head. Head, body, head. Potato watched enough of the fighter to know how to do it because all those body shots opened up the one clean punch he had right across the jaw with the right hook. Um, Gotta love it. But what was I going to say, Ryan? There was something I was going to say. Oh, okay. Here's what I was going to say. Hit me. Another perfect example of why you can't evaluate individual performance on point totals alone. Mm -hmm. This is a well-played game by the entire Ranger lineup. And their goals came from Julian Gauthier and Kevin Rooney. Yep, that's exactly it. That, listen, if you if you could win a game, when if you get one of those guys to score a goal, one of them, Buchnevich, because of Benajad, Panarin, you win the game. That's it. It's that simple. You got you got your free goals from Kevin. Well, I don't know. Kevin Rooney is a point per game player. Okay, so, He's a point per game player. Can he? He need he needs more ice time. Be honest with me. Uh, you know what? I'm looking right now, Ryan. All How right. much ice time do you think he had tonight? Uh, the answer is not enough. I, I agree. I'll say 11 minutes. Oh, it has to be more than that, right? I'd say 11 minutes. Uh, well, they didn't take that many penalties. I, I do suppose. want to ask you a question, though, because I was Ooh. thinking about this. When when Julian Gauthier scored his first goal as an NHL player, one, do you think they took a picture afterwards because they lost? 
<laughs> uh, I'm checking right now. Okay. Because we've had enough time where there should be a picture on Twitter, right? Yeah, I don't know. Um, you can't post the picture. You can't do it. You can post it's it tomorrow. A, it just said you don't post pictures after losses. Yeah. You can't post it. You can't do it. Even if they want to, can't fucking do you it. You can't post the picture. There is, there's cur- it is it is 10 16 p.m. There's currently no picture. I, I hope they post it tomorrow. Uh, and then the second question is. Did you know that was going to be that was his first goal? I swore he scored. I swore he scored. Before. I swore he scored. I, I, I could have sworn he. When they were not like just with the first... Rangers, I could have sworn he scored a goal with the Hurricanes. Yeah, I, when they were like, "Hey, his first NHL goal," I was like, "I don't know." I've seen Julian Goche hit the post like nine times. Didn't one of those go in? Are we sure? Uh, are we lying to ourselves? Uh, Kevin Rooney ice time update for me. Eleven fifty four. Very close for me. Very nice. Um. That's less ice time than Brett Howden. I think we can be angry about that. Fine. Fine, I will be. There is a... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have nothing nice to say well, about how about, how, Where's Strom? Where's Strom's ice time here? 17.57? That's about 18 minutes too much for Ryan Strom, if you ask me. I think the Raiders are going to be playing Friday's game without Panarin, if I had to guess right now. That I would... would agree with that statement. Yeah. So, I don't think it'll be a long-term injury. I do think the man himself needs to rest. And we'll we'll have we'll, we won't even even know what the injury is. They'll just say lower body. So let's... I can't tell you though how excited I am right now for a second line of Lafreniere, Rooney, and Kako. That's everything I've ever wanted. Honestly, that that's sounds like, mint. You know what? You know what that is? That's Dennis Rodman taking a night off from the Bulls to come on Monday Night Nitro. No, yeah. No Nitro. Oh, bro. Nitro. Sorry, my apologies. This is this is WCW brand in here. My apologies. He comes on. He comes on Nitro. He gets his shine. Wait, is Colin Blackwell back on on Friday? No, probably not. I he, he hasn't practiced. If he practices, maybe. Hmm. But he, you, we know we know Quinn doesn't like playing guys unless he can get them a practice. That's true. That's another thing that David Quinn. That's a Quinnism. You, you watch enough Rangers, you understand his tendencies. One of his tendencies is he doesn't like putting people back into the lineup unless they've had a practice under their belt. Totally agree. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back on Monday night to record. Uh, we have a, a nice guest next Monday. Very fun. Should she's a she's a beat writer. You might know her. And we will be watching the game Friday night. Hopefully, there's more Ranger news over the weekend. Probably not. We'll cover everything as we always do here on Blue Shirt Breakaway. You can follow me at Orion Mead, where I slander Rick Dash. You can follow Greg at Blue Shirt's Break, where he. Tweets. We should mention before we yeah. go, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Before we go, final parting thought. The Mets had the gall to do something to make a trade in the middle of the Rangers. Honestly, to just not only just make a trade in the middle of the Rangers, to jump in on a trade they had no right being a part of. <laughs> no right being a part of? And somehow got maybe, arguably, the second best player in the deal. They're like, hey, can we just have the second best player in this deal for no reason? Like, yeah, sure. Come on in, Mets. We love to deal with you now. Zach, Zach Scott worked 17 years with the Red Sox. Gets wind that his beloved Red Sox are trading Andrew Benatendi to the Royals. Decides to call both GMs and says, listen, this seems like a great trade. Now, hear me out. What <laughs> if you just give us a play? Yeah. I, and the Royals said, that sounds great. That sounds great. Fantastic. We're in. Thanks, Steve Cohen. All right. We're, we'll be back on Monday. We love you guys. Bye.